up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo. What the fuck? Your weekly Halo Esports podcast. This is episode one. Oh, Jesus Christ. One. Yeah, one. Going back in time. Oh, episode one, ladies and gentlemen. Plus 204. This is episode 205 for the week of October 17th, 2021. The title of this episode is called Setting the Scene. Yes. It's a fat boy, Slim and Justin. Goalie sniper himself is here. He says, hey guys, pumped for this week's episode. Good to see you back. Fat boy, Slim. The fat boy himself, Slim. Um, I'm just going to say this now. Apologize. We apologize if there's issues with the stream. Because everything looks fine on our end now. That 30 was from when you hit record. Okay. And then, yes, we'll we'll see. I'm a little concerned maybe, but fuck it. We'll be fine. It's the live show. You know, things. We do it live. <laughs> My name is Josh, a.k.a. JK Fire. And this week I'm joined by the man in the noob comeback t-shirt. Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you on this Monday evening? Well, as you you already know, I I'm tired. We're sleepy boys. I'm just tired. Yes, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm sleepy too. My abs be hurting, but we're getting swole, so that's all that matters. Will. Yeah. Welcome back, Deadbolt. Welcome back, Bobetta Feta. Look at these nerds. Yeah, man, you're a fucking nerd putting out blue team tournament stats, <laughs> calling us nerds. Oh wait, we're gonna talk about them later on the show. Um. Will? I know what you're... Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what I was going to say. Are you going to say what do we got coming no. up on this episode? I, I'm not going to say that. Oh. I was going to say, what were your thoughts? Because we finished... We So, for those... Quickly, for those who don't remember from last week, we watched all the... We finished watching all the Daniel Craig Bond movies leading up to when we're going to see No Time to Die in theaters. Will, last night we finished by watching... Uh, through Skyfall and Spectre. Yeah. What were your thoughts? They're both they're good movies. Did you, so after watching through Spectre, do you remember seeing Spectre or have you just never seen Spectre? I had seen it. Before. Okay. Okay. I didn't remember the story at all, but sure. I, had, I, there was, I remembered the opening scene, which is day of the dead. I remember the bridge scene at the end. Okay. I just forgot all the stuff in between. <laughs> Part of me thought that the the mansion scene, or like the, not the mansion, but Skyfall. Yeah, the or, the orphanage, I guess you could call it, or whatever the fuck that place is. Skyfall, literally Skyfall. I thought that was in Spectre. Oh. Because I forgot that it was called Skyfall, and that's when I looked at you and I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking called Skyfall. I'm an idiot. But yeah. Um. Now the last movie's the only one we have to see. Yep. No time to die. Can't fucking wait. Will, without further ado, would you like to know what is coming up on this week's episode of the show? What, what do you got? A new league enters the competitive Halo scene. We have tournaments and leagues are recapped for the week. The Halo Infinite competitive and ranked settings have been revealed. We're going to talk about all that. G4 is officially coming back. The Halo community always comes together in times of need and video games to round out the show. So without further ado, Will, let's get into some competitive news. 
Halo Infinite stats update. This is by Halo Data Hive. It was bound to happen, and now it's officially happened. That's a wrap on the Halo Infinite flight stats on Halo Data Hive. The endpoints are no longer open. So hopefully you viewed the stats if you were able to, um, because they're no longer available at this point in time. Halo Esports GG beta update is live. This is by Halo Esports GG. In other words, Nick Meister. Uh, he states, this was quite a hefty update, so please be sure to report any and all bugs on our Discord server. We've added basic Halo Wars 2 stats on, East, on Halo Esports GG and will continue to support Halo Wars 2 in future updates. So if you want to see all that information along with other stats, go ahead and check out the website. It's in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show, exclamation point, show notes in chat, or if you're listening to the VOD or the audio version of the show, it's in the description, so check that out. New HCS grassroots nameplate for MCC Season 8. Will, it's been announced. It's called Overkill. It's animated. It is. It's really cool, actually. Like, it goes, like uh, it has different um, kill types as well that, that make the, the, um, the streak continue, I guess you uh-huh. could say. Yeah. It's really cool. So check that out. And you you may have a chance to win it if you tune into um, Grassroots uh, Content Creator Streams, uh, Playdates, so on and so forth. So check that out. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. yeah it even has the Extermination Medal in there too. Not bad. A little Halo 3 action. In EU Halo Tees, this is by The Speed Show. He states, working behind the scenes with Alex on an amazing project for the EU Halo Pro scene. Great responses so far from the people I've asked to be a part. Hopefully everything works out like we want it to. I fucking hope so too. And you know, hey, speed show, you know, you can always give us insider information by getting in our DMs. What do you say? No? Okay. And then uh, we have a couple Pen Halo teases by Pen Halo on Twitter. And I quote, so final Halo 3 draft is check. Final Halo 3 2v2, check. Unannounced November date number one. Unannounced November date number two. What's next before Halo Infinite? And then also, unannounced December date number one and unannounced December date number two for Halo Infinite. So stay tuned for those. That should be a good time. Speaking of a better feta earlier in the show, what's up, Frumpy? Oh, my God. I love that name. Oh, I love that name. We got Fat Boy Slim and Frumpy Apollo in here. Just love that frump, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's well, good? Um, speaking of a better feta earlier, the Blue Team Tournament's Road to Infinite Top Winners. This is by Blue Team Tournaments. Surprising literally no one. You have King Nick with five qualifiers played, taking first in Reach, Halo CE, and Halo 4, second in Halo 3, and third in Halo 2 Anniversary. Four championships played, taking first in Halo Reach, Halo CE, and Halo 2 Anniversary, and third in Halo 3 with a total prize money taking home of $1,750. Then you have Porky J. With four qualifiers played, taking first in Halo Reach and Halo 2, second in Halo 4, and fourth in Halo 3. And then four championships played, taking first in Halo 3, and then second in Reach, 2, and 4, with $1,200 in total prize money earned. And in third, you have Suspector with two qualifiers played, but... You know, this reminds me of the old Saiyan, the original Saiyan and the dominant run that that individual had in Halo 1. 
where the career was short, but very dominant in the game that he played, right? Sure. Well, Suspector played only in two qualifiers, but he won both of them in Halo 2 Anniversary and Halo 4, and then he only played in one championship. He also took first in Halo 4 with $700 in total prize money earned. The final news story that we have today for competitive news, because the competitive settings we're going to talk about in our topic of the show. So stay tuned for that. Brazilian Halo League has been announced. This is by Halo Brazil. We're happy to announce the Brazilian Halo League, the newest Halo competitive league in Brazil. The LBH was created with the purpose of unifying our community in the efforts to promote it to an international level. Soon, more details about a brand new championship will be released. The league was created by the community for the community with no links to any other organization. First tournament information is the championship will be in the doubles uh, 2v2 format. And then there will be um, portions of the tournament taking place on the 24th of October, the 31st of October, and the 7th of November. Prizing is uh, two gift cards for first place of 50. Is What's the Brazilian currency? There's an R next to it. Is it Rupal? Is it Um, I'm going to look it up. I'm, I'm probably very wrong on that. Yeah, whatever the Braz- Will's looking up the Brazilian currency, so we can I get wanna, it correct. I want to be sure. Yes, we can get it correct. Um, it's, it's a real, 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 R E A L, Brazilian real, real, real. Yeah, I'm I think it's real. It. I think it's real as well. So fifty two gift cards of fifty a piece for first, and then twenty five uh, two gift cards for twenty five a piece in second. That's fucking awesome. Um, Frumpy Apollo states, you forgot about Frumpy Apollo getting second place at the Shack News tournament where I won $15,000 in 2018. You know, we may have forgotten that. I'm sorry. Can you blame us? It's 2018, man. We're in 2021 now. I'm old as shit. That's it for the competitive news. Your upcoming terms of the week presented by NoobCombat.com. Will's wearing the shirt at NoobCombat.com. You can check out NoobCombat.com for all your Halo Sports needs, but not that shirt. Nor, uh, nor any merch at all. At least not yet. Saturday, October 23rd, the DJ Blue PX's Respawn All-Stars Halo 4 Griffball Fall Series number one tournament is taking place. And then... On Sunday, October 24th, not only do we have the Esports Arena Halo 5 4v4, but we also have the Blue Team Tournaments Road Infinite Halo 5 FFA Championship! The final winners will be determined, and we will have our roster, I guess, set. Not roster, but like bracket, I guess you could say, set for who is it all is invited to the Halo Infinite Championship. The grand finals. It's going to be a good time. Will. Mm-hmm. That's that's all the upcoming tournaments of the week that we have. Okay. And it's presented by none other than NoobCombo.com. Check out NoobCombo.com for all Halo Sports needs. But no merch. <laughs> Will, what do we got next? Do you want me to? It's up to you. Uh, well. Roster. 
Mania. We'll do it live. We're doing it live. There is no roster mania this week. Sweet. But at least you got to hear the soundbite. You did get to hear the soundbite. That means we're on to tournament league recaps. Ooh, baby. We'll start off with Royal Blood Halo 5 2v2. Uh, this is from Royal Blood. And he states, we will reschedule the event for Saturday, November 20th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Anyone that was interested in the event but did not get a chance to register, we are letting you get the chance to do it now. So go check Royal Blood out on Twitter. And it, he also has a smash.gg link for it, uh, provided in the Google Doc in the show notes of the show. Pen Halo had a Halo 3 2v2 tournament, and they crowned a championship uh, winner of Trippy and Flazen, who went up against, I think it's Cutie and Trushov. Yo, know, congrats to Trippy and Flazen. Josh is typing in the Google Doc as I speak. Keep going. The next tournament, Esports Arena Halo 5 4v4. In fourth place, it was Team Nextic, ne- ne- Next X. Sorry. Third was Virginia Velocity. It says Latam next to it. Second was business, and first went to PK. Like you're like sawing there a little bit. Well, for that, me. Well, uh, that that's. Uh, I appreciate. Did that. we have players announced with those teams, or the, is that all that was given? That's all that I was able to find based off of the bracket that was given, because of course they don't include the players' names in the bracket. Because mm. those aren't common names that we're used to. So nope. Um, if you give me. Uh, go ahead and read through the last one here that we have, and then I will get the other part because I'm pretty sure I know that there it is. All right. Uh, I guess two more tournaments coming up. Second to last one here is Halo Draft League Season 6 Playoffs. In fourth, we had Team Trocity. Third was Shuffle City. Second went to Legion and first Monstars. Whoa. I just replaced the placings with that. Got it. So now you have the ah, players' names. Yes. PK, Pittsburgh Knights. You yes. might know them. Uh, anyway, uh, fourth place for the Halo 5 uh, Esports Arena 4 before was Team Next X. That included Simply Fear Me, Juan 117s, Carmea, and Fluriously. Third went to Virginia Velocity. It was Zrak, Juan, Sepstars, and Guardian. Second business again uh, was Envor, Septify, Super CC, and Tolik. And first went to Atso, Gambino, Tapping Buttons, and Drift. So there you go. You actually, uh, these players have been playing together, but keep changing their goddamn name. So true statement. True statement. There you go. Thank you for running through those, Will. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. As always. Um, well, shall we talk about our topic? Got there pretty quick. That's, yeah. We did. You know, we did. But this is this is the big boy. Hey, you got a lot to read here. Yeah, I do. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about it too. Yo, Frump with the sub, the Prime Gamer. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for the Primer. You get a woo. Thank you so much. Keep up the hard work. Peace out. Hey, you have a great night as well. Thank you for tuning in for a little bit. I appreciate you. And thank you for the primer. Greatly appreciate it as well. Frumpy, stay frumpy. <laughs> um, ranked competitive reveal. This is by 343 Industries. We finally fucking have the info. Well, we did it. Hey, here we go. You know, giant article here. 
too. Well, it's, it's a little interview with the with the competitive insights team, if you will, because that's the actual name of it now. Okay. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to who's actually included in this interview. But without further ado, hey everyone, this is Tashi from the esports team here at Three Four Three. First, we'd just like to thank everyone once again for participating in the most recent Halo Infinite technical previews. Your time and support goes a long way toward ensuring a smooth launch later this year. We understand that while you've gotten the opportunity to see and play the more lighthearted and social parts of Halo Infinite's multiplayer, many of you are also chomping at the bit to learn more about the ranked and competitive side of the game. Well, today's the big day. We have a whole lot to share. In this blog, we're going to be talking to folks from the multiplayer, sandbox, and competitive insights teams to learn more about our philosophy and approach to competitive gameplay in Halo Infinite, as well as sharing important details around starting weapon, motion motion tracker, and more. The fun doesn't stop there, though. As to go alongside today's blog, we've just released a new video on the Halo YouTube channel where multiplayer lead Andrew Witz and Competitive Insights team member uh, Vissel Mohanan, L-Town, join host Andy Bravo Dodinsky for a deep dive into one of, uh, is it Vizel? How the fuck do you say L-Town's first name? I feel like an asshole right Everyone now. calls him Sal. Deep dive in one of Sal's full gameplay videos on the competitive version of Strongholds on Recharge. I'm sorry, L-Town. I'm, I apologize. I don't want to get your, I don't want to get your name incorrect. Our guests for today's blog are as follows. Andrew Witz, lead multiplayer designer. Quinn Del Hoyle, the sandbox design lead. Ellen Gleiber, the sandbox designer of equipment. Austin McWin McCleary, competitive insights team. And Greg Gregor Haas, competitive insights team. I wonder. Haas? I wonder. And before we get into it all, here's the TLDR in today's news for ranked and competitive in comparison to Halo Infinite's social multiplayer settings. The BR-75 will be the starting weapon. The motion tracker will be disabled. Grenade hit markers will be disabled. Friendly fire will be turned on. Modes will be Slayer, Capture the Flag, Strongholds, and Oddball. Weapons, equipment, and grenades on maps will be set on static spawners, meaning they will always appear in the same location on each map and mode combination, and will respawn at the same intervals. Let's dig in. Competitive core. Tashi says, thank you for taking the time today to talk competitive with the community today. Gentlemen, I want to first start with a question for Andrew and Quinn. When it comes to competitive Halo gameplay for multiplayer and sandbox respectively, what would you say are the core principles or pillars of the franchise that the team kept in mind for Halo Infinite? Andrew states, the multiplayer team's approach to the rank competitive arena experience is similar to the arena pillars in general, which we covered before in a previous Inside Infinite article, but as a reminder, fair starts. Players start the match with fair and balanced gameplay mechanics. The lone wolf survives, but the pack thrives. Players feel like they can have a high impact on the game individually through their skill expression within the combat sandbox and mode rule set, but the team with the better communi- with the better coordination, communication, and reactive skills will seize the most victories. Mastery equals mechanical depth plus tactical decision-making. Mechanical skill expression will get players far in the arena ecosystem, but mastery comes from macro gameplay decision-making within a map and modes framework. 
A match with two teams of equal skill should be determined by the team's tactical decision-making as the mode's state is continued by player action. Concise and clear game mode states. Arena game states are communicated efficiently and urgently. When a mode state is progressed, then all players should be informed of the change and have a window of opportunity to react to it. This meant, uh, this meant to bolster tactical decision-making. And then power is earned and impermanent. Scavenging gameplay within a map and mode combo pushes teams to contest, contest the acquisition of items within the sandbox. Any item that can be earned can also be taken away through combat resolution, positioning, and tactical actions. We wanted to take the baseline pillars from Arena and push them as far as we could for Halo Infinite's competitive settings. In that way, competitive is an extension of our other initiatives on multiplayer, such as introducing systems that allow us to update the game with new items, modes, and maps in ways that feel curated for the competitive audience. This was important to us because we want ranked arena and our competitive settings to grow with the game over time, allowing us to react to feedback we receive from the competitive community. Quinn states, For competitive Halo, there's a strong handful of tenets that we strive to understand and follow. But from a sandbox perspective, there are two audiologies that would matter most to us when crafting our gameplay features. First, the importance of nailing the classic need for a starting utility weapon. If you remember, this is something that was very important to us on Halo 5 Guardians as well, and is why the Magnum played such a key role as a starting utility weapon for that title. I'm going to finish Quinn's statement and then talk about that for a brief second. For Halo Infinite, we felt it was important for the utility weapon to be in a form of a rifle. Halo has a rich history with powerful weapons like the Magnum, but it also has a stronger legacy with rifles like the Battle Rifle. For us, the BR-75 is the definitive version of that iconic weapon. As a player, you'll feel confident and powerful with it equipped, just as a Spartan should. Additionally, it is stunning both visually and audibly. The artists and audio experts really could not have written a more accurate love letter to Halo fans with their work on this weapon. We love it. We hope you do too. So he states that it was very important to us on Halo 5 Guardians as well. Well, I don't see how that's possible considering AR was the starting weapon in competitive, then got nerfed into the ground, and then the BR got was just bad. So it's like the Magnum was all that was left. And the Magnum thrived. Don't get me wrong. It really feels like that gun thrived in the ecosystem. But like, okay. Second is that power and control are earned, not given, which is one of the key arena pillars that Andrew touched on. The sandbox toys combined with the maps and modes create a competitive cocktail that must reward decision-making, aiming skill, movement, and even risk-taking. Specifically to Sandbox, the equipment and weapons all have roles with intentional strengths and weaknesses. Thank you. So when players have earned these toys through combat, they need to understand not only how to use them, but when to use them as well. Some toys will be very straightforward on how to use them. Others will require lots of playtime and practice before a player excels with it. That is by design. Tashi says, that's great to hear so one thing we're excited to share today is that the starting weapon for ranked and competitive will be the BR-75, the battle rifle. I'd love to learn more about what went into this decision, why the BR was selected, and how it was designed and tuned in order to meet the needs of the players. 
Andrew states, the process consisted of a lot of iteration with multiplayer sandbox and the competitive insights team. We play tested a ton of different loadouts over the years and each iteration allowed us to learn more about how our game performed at a high skill ceiling. We've toyed around with different weapon starts, but we frequently would come back to uh, come back around to the BR and how it's spot in the sandbox often overlapped with the demands of the starting weapon in competitive halo specifically. Another area of heavy consideration was the secondary weapon and what it meant for players with a, uh, with a full inventory as well as its effect on scavenging. Going back to the arena pillars, we want power to be earned on the map, and scavenging gameplay is super important to us to maintain even at the competitive level. If players have a full inventory of effective items off spawn, they may not need to contest for other items on the map. We eventually playtested with only a battle rifle in the player's inventory, and the response from our competitive matches was positive. Players felt effective off spawn, but also felt the need to contest for other items on the map to fill their inventory so they can best optimize their impact on the match. So again, just to reiterate, there is no secondary weapon when you start off in ranked and competitive. It's just the BR. I am surprised that... You don't get the sidekick? The sidekick. I was surprised too, to be completely honest. It takes... they, They even nerfed it a little bit from the first flight, right? So it, it takes a while to kill. It became, I mean, you still can get kills with it, but you're not going to get a double kill. It's not powerful. I mean, no. I, I would be fine if they even nerfed it more. Really? Oh. Um, <laughs> Will's getting fucking crazy and, now. And then they did give it to you. It, just for that that moment where you run out of ammo in the BR, you got to reload, switch to... Now, I get it. They want you to scavenge. Right. And have something. Right. But just something to give you... Because off a of spawn, if everything else is already grabbed, you at least have a sidekick to help you in a fight if you if that fight lasts a little longer than expected. Right. And you said you hit the nail on the head. It's not as powerful. Mm-hmm. And there is bloom on the gun as well. Yeah. When you, which, while... Said it multiple times, I'm not a fan of Bloom, but it does provide that more sense of a sidekick scenario where it's not that powerful, but it can finish off something for you in a dire straight situation. I mean, make it to where it won't hit anything more than 25, 30 meters away, and it has to be a close-up finish-off weapon. I was going to say, it's not a Halo 5 pistol, Mm -hmm. and it's not supposed to be, as we've talked about and agreed upon. uh, Yeah, well, I, I... I get what they're doing with the no. They want people to fight over those. The it's more utility, right? Yeah. Do so you get the um, the green gun noob combo, whatever you want to call it, the plasma pistol? Yes. Um, do you go for the the VK, the commando, to have that secondary weapon that might help you if you need to switch to it in a fight where you run out of ammo, you know, things like that. So, I understand why they're doing it. Uh, uh, like like we've talked about before. I just want to get my hands on it and try it out myself. Yes. And as uh, as was shown in the video as well, the commando was on recharge. Yes. So you can pick it up off a weapon rack. It's not just battle rifles that are on the map. Mm-hmm. There are the other rifles associated and, with it as well. And we, we had mentioned it before that that gun can be very dangerous when you learn how to pace it and uh-huh. control the recoil. So... It'll be interesting to see if that's a, a heavily used gun or not in competitive. And as we talked about before, too, while while not a big fan of Bloom, if that gun didn't have it, like oh, it'd, it'd, be a, a it'd be a laser beam. And that would completely break 
the competitive aspect of that of the title. Like it would it break balance completely. So I know a lot of people aren't fans of Bloom on this, but it's a hell of a lot better implemented than Reach, in my it, opinion. It definitely feels if there was a compromise to be had with Bloom, this feels like it's it. I don't think anybody wants Bloom. No. Nobody does. There's a there's but, like a fucking there's a Reddit thread that I read today. Like person wrote an essay on why Bloom doesn't belong and how they need to bring it to three four three to remove it from the game. Well you I mean, you look at one of the high highest competitive games out there right now in Valorant. Yeah. And that has recoil control, technically Bloom. Yes. In a sense. I mean, frankly, with that title like there's there's times if you're spraying you need to aim on the ground yeah in order to be that's the same thing with CS it's the same thing mm-hmm. so I'm if there was what, a compromise I'm I'm fine with this what they did is they they made the sandbox work and don't bloom it can be frustrating right but it just balances the weapons even more so. It makes them work in the intended purpose. Like, and it's not realistically, I get it. You're a super soldier, but sure. Trying to fire off three sniper shots in a row. You're most likely hit like hip firing them. You're not going to hit them. Right. Right. We're not talking about the halo two sniper right now where Mm -hmm. that thing's just like, bam, bam, like fuck that. It's and also not every gun has it either. Yeah. And, uh, like for me, I hated it in Reach so much because it felt like it was prevalent everywhere. Like, no matter what you were using, it was always there. The The needle rifle, the DMR, the AR had it, the, fuck, the pistol. Like, everything that you would typically use in your arsenal had Bloom associated with it, and it just detracted so heavily from the flow of the game. Yeah. And... You, I mean, there's times where you could almost have someone dead to rights... And that, that last shot just misses. Yep. They get behind cover, teammate comes in, whatever it may be in that fight. And when you really feel like you should have won that gunfight, it's because of Bloom that fucked you. And now the, the argument could be made, well, you should have paced your shots more. But yeah. when everything has it, it just it just didn't feel right. And I'm not saying this from a perspective of when it came out and it was new and people were like, what the fuck is this? No, I'm talking. I'm talking about it now. When we play MCC every now and again, and you go back and you play a game of Reach, and you're like, "No, Bloom really is not great here at all." So, but I think it's implemented well in Infinite so far. It's, it's what we've seen. Yeah, I, like I said, if there was a compromise for it, I I think I'm fine with how it is right now in Infinite. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy. I'm not mad. I'm I like, feel like most of, most of the weapons too. Besides, like you said, the, the 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 commando has bloom. Yep. But thinking about it, is that the only weapon that would be in competitive with bloom? Because there's no ARs, there's no sidekicks. Well, we we don't technically know if there's not sidekicks just sitting on the map. With the weapons, I feel like if they put a sidekick on a map, unless it was one of the few weapons on the map, no one would contest for it. Sure. When there's other things like sure, but also like we've had. I mean, you think of Halo Five. Um, what oh, like tack magnums things like yeah that. you have tack magnums you have the bolt shot as well um yeah so there, there there are instances where a smaller secondary weapon could be viable on smaller maps i guess you could say have we seen any promethean weapons yet 
I don't think we have. No. No. Grant, granted, we haven't even seen a Promethean enemy. Well, right, but... We've only seen Covenant, so... I was just curious. No, you make a good point, though. I never even fucking thought of that. Uh, Fat Boy, what's up, says, They still need to fix aim assist. If I use my keyboard to find a match, then my input better not be set to mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I heard that that's a problem. In the flights. I heard that that was definitely a problem in the flights. Yeah. Where it, like, locked you in, even though it wasn't what you chose to play as. I... Th- I th- yeah, because and then if yeah, you, I mean realistically, I I get it, but just use what you're gonna use for your like if you're if you're in, in if you're in infinite on your PC, just make sure you're using controls with your with your gamepad, whatever gamepad you're using. Well, I, th- I think the one of the problems with the flight is that if you selected something with one input, but then like something about even if you use the controller. It still would. It would still act like you were using mouse and keyboard, so the aim assist wouldn't be there at all. Yeah, if you searched with mouse and keyboard, then it would put you in the game as mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he was talking about. Uh, so hopefully they do have that fixed. Well, just from a just from an aim aim assist perspective. Yeah, I agree with you. Use the input that you want to use, but like that feels like a bug that shouldn't be there. What I foresee because they want. Inputs to be locked for competitive, right? Yes. For the series. So there, I don't know if there is anything stopping someone from going to. I th- it it might be there on purpose. And let me let me give the example of you have the floor the, using a controller for the BR everything else, and you pick up the sniper, and someone wants to be a god with a sniper switches to their mouse and keyboard. Well, guess what? You just lost your aim assist because you're trying to play the system by having two inputs. So I hear you. And didn't Tashi say in the interview that we did that, like, it'd be, it'd be difficult to prevent things from happening on online matches. So yeah, like, yes, they can't yes. really do much there because we know there are players who will, we've seen it. Like they've, uh, there are uh, content creators out there. There's streamers out there that specifically do that where they, on MCC, specifically they'll play with a controller normally um, or they'll like move with a controller and then use camera with the mouse or play with a controller. And then as soon as they pick up a sniper, just drop it and then use the mouse for that. Brian with the 15 month resub. Thank you so fucking much. You also get a woo. There it is, baby. Thank you, sir. Anyway, should move on with the article. Okay. We'll move on. Um, Austin states, I think the most obvious thing is bringing the new but familiar feeling. The BR and competitive Halo have a very historic relationship at this point, but I think the more interesting piece is the gameplay element. It's, it's a slower time to kill than majority of the sandbox and a little bit lower of a skill floor to be more inviting. The skill ceiling, however, is largely due to the Delta between itself and the rest of the sandbox. It's no longer the best weapon on the map at all times, but it's going to be your most important tool to show off your skill and perform well on the map. And then Greg states, the battle rifle has such a deep history in Halo and has been a staple within the competitive scene since Halo 2. It just feels right to have it as a starting weapon with Halo Infinite being a spiritual reboot. Well, I mean, then it would have been the H1 Magnum, but I mean, whatever. I'm just kidding. When working with the sandbox design team on the starting weapon for ranked and competitive, one of the goals for the competitive insights team was to lock down and refine our baseline. 
and then mold the rest of the sandbox around it so we could work towards the perfect harmony. During this process, there were times we'd test out three or four designs a day, then go back to the drawing board with the weapons designer, David Price, and determine what worked and what didn't. Thinking back, when we were going through the process, I can recall when the pendulum might have swung too far in either direction. We either didn't want to pick up anything else on the map and just use the battle rifle, or we wanted to pick everything up on the map and avoid the battle rifle. After many iterations, I think we landed in a balanced spot, which allowed for more diversity in weapon selection and competitive play. The battle rifle and competitive play will allow players to hold their own in any situation with skillful shots, but you'll want to scavenge to become a more situational advantage. Diving a bit more into what excites me about this version of the battle rifle, I feel this version encompasses many great elements of previous battle rifles that will make returning players feel right at home and make new players understand what all the hype is about. Fans of Halo 2 will notice the smooth shot cadence in relation with the snappy strafe speed, my personal favorite. Halo 3 fans will appreciate the emphasis and skill required to hit that final headshot. Halo 4 players will recognize the great shot registration. And lastly, Halo 2 anniversary players will enjoy the smooth D-scope experience. With these elements combined, I believe we have created a top-tier competitive starting weapon that will allow for the most utmost skill expression and players to have their own identity with how they use it. And Quinn finishes this one off with, to be honest, Nick Austin and Greg could not have answered this any better. Like I said above, the BR is something that we're very proud of. It really does feel like it takes all the best elements from previous iterations and puts them all together to form a utility weapon that players just love to shoot and duel with. The duel is something that we can't stress enough. If the starting utility weapon is, comp is compelling in a 1v1 duel, then we know it's hitting the competitive mark. What's up, Shogun? Welcome back. Equipment and grenades. Tashi says, one thing that's totally new is the equipment in Halo Infinite and how that will all work in ranked and competitive. Elon, what can you tell us about the process for how equipment were developed and tuned for the competitive Halo Infinite experience? Greg and Austin, is there a particular equipment that's your favorite? Why is it your favorite? Elon states, with bringing the Halo 3 equipment type gameplay into the modern era, one thing that stood out was the lack of equipment in the Halo 3 competitive scene. It's very true. I didn't even fucking think about that. This was something we wanted to rectify, bringing equipment into the core of Halo's combat dance in a way that complements, enhances, and respects the competitive legacy. Equipment in Halo needs to be an extension of the player's skill, a way for them to utilize their mastery of Halo's knowledge, mechanical and movement skill, map knowledge, spawns, etc., to gain an advantage rather than a strict buff advantage, usually reserved for our power equipment. We worked closely with the Competitive Insights team to break down and understand the vast history of Competitive Halo's relationship with equipment and abilities and how they've affected the gameplay and competitive meta over the years, for better or for worse. We've had long discussions and done plenty of analysis over designs, tunings, and map placements throughout the project and have regular playtests on changes at the overall health of equipment in every competitive map and mode combination. I even get to sit in and play alongside them on some of the playtests, and while I accept my role as Mickwin target practice, I always walk away with a deeper understanding of competitive Halo. When it comes to tuning equipment, it can be a difficult and delicate process of maintaining competitive balance without hurting the overall fun of the equipment. What we try to focus on is preserving the mechanics that have the most skill depth and provide the most interesting interactions with the rest of the sandbox, which will create a fun Halo moments we all love. For example, 
the repulsor used to cause quite a bit more damage when a target collided with map geometry like walls and pieces of cover. It was definitely a lot of fun to get pancakes and win fights, but it ended up devaluing the gun skill of the player using it as it was far more consistent to launch a player into a wall than land a precise burst. Working closely with the Competitive Insights team, we tuned down the values to a level that didn't compromise the base time to kill of an enemy, but still allowed for fun pancakes and outplays through skillful, time, skillful timing that we've seen plenty of in the most recent flight. Well, that's great because I was, I was I, thinking about that. Definitely see how it could break the balance as well if it was too powerful and somebody just sat around a corner the entire time mm-hmm. with a repulsor. So that's that's great to see. Um, Austin states, I think the grapple shot and repulsor are very close in terms of which is my favorite, but I'm going to go with the grapple shot. This is one that internally I was shocked that it actually felt viable in a competitive space. I fully expected it to be a pretty big problem in competitive and it never was. Even with Sal swinging around like a madman. I think that's largely in part to it being neutral, having a resource amount and the thoughtful design by the sandbox team to make it fun and fair. Can you move far quickly? Absolutely. But the amount of times this truly happens in a competitive match makes it pretty exciting when it actually does happen. I use it more often to quickly get weapons, power equipment, or to reposition very quickly. It's hardly ever strictly a traversal only tool for me. And I think that's why I like it so much. Greg says, my favorite equipment would be the repulsor. What makes this equipment so interesting to me is the multi-purpose use. With it, you can engage or disengage combat, use it to traverse as a counter-defense tool to knock back projectiles, give your objective toss an extra little boost, okay, and send your enemies flying off the map. It's the best. The list goes on and on. Even after two plus years of playing with it internally, we are still discovering new ways to use it. My personal favorite way to use the equipment is when I have the sniper rifle and I'm being chased, and as soon as I turn a corner, I knock myself up, which buys me enough time to get one last shot at the enemy. It feels amazing when you pull it off. I absolutely can't wait until the community gets their hands on this, and I get to see all the highlight reel plays. That that person chasing him broke the number one rule. Don't chase. He's going to say he plays like I do. Um, the attitude they're talking is exciting. They're, the attitude they're taking is exciting. I agree. I agree, Shogun. The article's great so far. And now, the thing... Coaster was stuck to the bottom of my bottle. That happens. I should clean them. Uh, they're not dirty, but like, you know. The thing that I wanted to hit on, though, was the give your objective toss a little extra boost. How little extra are we talking about here? I wouldn't think it's that far. I would say maybe you can like, just imagine you're on Bazaar, right? And you have the flag. Yeah. And you repulse it. Maybe you can get it to like mid. From like that top balcony area. Like okay. That's what I would think, right? Okay. I mean, I we hope, hope, right? I hope. We hope. We I, hope. hope. I, I hope I can't go balcony to door, right? And then they could just... I mean, we're also hoping that you can't grapple shot the fucking flag cross map on Bazaar. So... They had to have patched that. I would imagine. I would imagine. Or maybe it was just... I, I think if you grab an objective with the... If you grab something like a weapon, a camo, overshield... If you grab anything with... The grapple, you have to finish the animation. I think that was the problem, is that person was able to cut the animation. That's why it threw it so far. Got it. Because the flag was traveling at that speed, at that angle. Okay. They should just make it where you're able to grab. 
Uh, Justin says, I was able to repulse weapons pretty far. So then the question becomes, yeah. the flag is heavier. Yeah, It's got to be a heavier object. What about the oddball, though? Oddball's not that heavy. Maybe That's a good point. We haven't seen an oddball match yet. What I want to see. We only saw strongholds. What, what could be really cool, though, oddball gets dropped by the person carrying it. Teammate just repulses it away or yep. off the map to reset in the middle of the fight if they start losing that fight. You got to repulse off with that, man. You got to repulse. <laughs> Yeah, shout that's, to clutch. that's never going away nope shout out to clutch uh drop then repulse send sniper rockets to a teammate absolutely yeah. um rage says can the hammer do repulsor like things please yes and swing faster that'd be that'd be nice right right brian ricochet with repulsors or grab it, it wasn't grapple the hooks. swing time right they need to i mean it's the still, re- it's the reset time i mean the swing time is still pretty slow though it's got that wind up to it yeah did you, did you watch his video, man? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the swing. Yeah. Ricochet with repulsors and grapple hooks would be nuts. No, it's the swing time. It's the, you know, yeah. Did you watch the video, I Will? Did. I think I reversed them. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just giving you shit. You would, you would, if they want to keep it that way, you and but make it better, swing faster, reload longer. Yeah. Yeah. See, in the, as people who don't play Griff Ball, I, I appreciated, I'm sorry, Brian, but I appreciated the hammer and I also hated it at the same time because I felt it was like a skill gap thing. I could never time it correctly, but I was getting destroyed by it. But like from, from that social perspective, to me, it was at least I have an opportunity to not get fucked right away by somebody with a hammer because it's slower. I also, I think... Brian touching it too, but like it doesn't throw people like it used to, right? And that's why I think he said, "Can the hammer do repulsor like things?" Yeah. No, I. It, it felt more like a an impact type. Delio. It's the reason it's called the gravity hammer, though. I agree. I agree. Anyway, um, Justin said it felt heavy. Loved it for that, but thinking of grip alt ruins that community. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It completely destroys it. So hopefully, did you spill on yourself too? Oh No, okay. the coaster Just came the coaster. with it again. Okay. Sorry, here, do you want a different coaster? Nope, it is what it is. All right. Um, So hopefully with the slip space engine, uh, and hopefully with custom settings, Brian, that, well, obviously, hopefully there's a playlist, right? Hopefully there's a Griffball playlist with things tuned. But uh, um, hopefully at least within custom settings, you're able to make it the way you want. I don't know. I'm hoping for you. Um, so yeah, Tashi says a big piece of feedback we received from competitive halo five players was in regards to grenade hit markers. Quinn, what can you tell us about why the decision to remove grenade hit markers was made as a competitive player? Austin, can you talk about the differences you're experiencing when compared to halo five and what it adds to gameplay? Quinn DeHoyle states grenade hit markers in competitive play will be disabled. The primary reason for this is like power. We believe information should be earned, not given in competitive play. The story that is lived by the players and told by the commentators should be one that is rich with speed, aggression, mystery, risks, and gun skill. Removing the grenade hit markers brings some balance toward mastery and risk taking that we, uh, taking that we felt has been missing since halo reach. Austin states grenades are a part of the golden triangle and grenade skill is one of the three major pieces when it comes to excelling in halo 
Grenade hit markers added a layer to grenades that made them much more powerful than before. And that was the ability to fish for enemies. This ability has cascading effects on the entire game where you could throw a grenade, get a hit marker, know where the enemy is, and that they only have half shields, and thus is an easy kill. In my opinion, the even more negative effect being when you made the really good sneaky play to stay alive and get hit by a pretty random feeling grenade, all but ending your sneaky play. This is one of those changes that opens up more room for movement. Adding more skillful usage to your grenades by not giving them as obvious of an information tool as hit markers were one of the small but massive changes for the competitive aspect of the game. And what he mentioned is uh, before about like sneaky plays uh-huh. leads into my favorite thing about our next section, which is radar. I call it the motion tracker. Yeah. Radar and skill gap. Tashi, st- Tashi states, in comparison to the social settings, the motion tracker radar has also <laughs> been disabled. Andrew, can you talk about what it went into this decision here and what our philosophical approach is? Andrew states, like BR starts, the call to disable the radar from ranked arena and competitive settings was, desert- was determined by lots of playtesting. Over time, we found that the more information players would have at their disposal, the more combat encounters would begin before com- uh, combatants would see each other. While we embrace this gameplay in our social game mode experiences as it offers clear benefits to the fun of the Halo dance, for competitive settings, we want to push players' map awareness and target acquisition skills to the forefront of the experience. We know this will ultimately raise the skill floor on coordination and teamwork, but we think it gives players new opportunities at the same time. Ultimately, we feel that players earning their information and gameplay adds more to the skill expression within the competitive Halo experience. And then Tashi states, another often popular topic of conversation is around skill gap or skill ceiling. Quinn and Elon, when you and the team are creating the sandbox and equipment, what can you say about our approach here for Halo Infinite? Austin and Greg, in your experience, what are the skills in the game that you feel will allow players to really push the ceiling higher and increase the gap? Um, before I get to that, I just want to state Shogun says, I personally don't want radar and competitive. Agreed. Agreed. It's something that... I was so fucking confused about it being in five from the very beginning. And then while I was fine with the final iteration, because I think it took the sandbox into consideration, um, with the stripped down sandbox in certain aspects with like armor abilities and whatnot that we have in infinite, I'm more happy that we don't have it at all. Yeah. So Quinn states, When creating new sandbox items, we intentionally have a spectrum that lands somewhere between the skill floor and ceiling. By design, it is the job of some sandbox items to have a low skill floor so that players can quickly understand how to use them. Other sandbox items have a higher floor. Floor meaning how much time needs to be invested before higher levels of effectiveness is achieved. Those are usually the weapons and equipment that players may not not like upon initial use, but can learn to appreciate with repeated use and practice. We have seen some of that already in the previous lights with weapons like the Pulse Carbine. On the surface, its floor is pretty low. It's a burst-firing plasma gun. Cool. But when used in combat, it's not readily apparent how to be good with it right off the bat. Because of that, some players may disregard its efficiency and write it off as not being good. Other players will stick with it and find that it's actually a strong weapon that fills a role in the sandbox. That's just one example of how we're thinking of highlighting the skill gap in our gameplay. And I agree with that wholeheartedly because when you pick that up and you try shooting close range with that gun, that fucker doesn't do anything. 
But if you step back a little bit and you, you ADS with it, it tracks. It tracks. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was cool. And then I, I don't see it mentioned right away here, but we'll say the commando with the bloom, mm-hmm. right? There is a low skill floor, a lower skill floor where you can pick it up and feel like you're probably going to be viable with it. But with the bloom and having to time your shots properly, there's an added skill. That's there's the heightened floor. Yeah. The funny thing, the way I treated the commando was kind of shooting it like the battle rifle. Burst the burst. The burst. The did it did it. Cause like the bloom would start to jump mm-hmm. at those last few shots, but who knows, maybe jump up to the right spot. <laughs> Just aim for the body and burst, you know? That's what I would do. True. True. Brian says, Commando felt so inconsistent. Sometimes it's a laser, and other times it was impossible. I don't know what it was. So I think there was an issue in the flight as well that they talked about in terms of inconsistencies. Um, I I think there was something said about that, but Mickwin stated it in his, one of his streams a while ago that it is a it is like that dance that you have to learn. There is that cadence to the gun that you have to learn to shoot properly with. So hopefully all the issues are ironed out. Um, Shogun says, that's how I treat the BR. Well, well, yes. <laughs> it's the only way you can. Yeah, I mean, you got to burst it. Exactly. I don't think you can hold down the trigger on that. I mean, you can you just won't do anything after the first <laughs> shot, you know, Elon states when creating any new equipment, the first question we ask ourselves is how does this interact with every other element of the sandbox? What happens when you grapple a player, a vehicle, level geometry, objects, each interaction is simple on its own, but layer that with a whole match of players all scavenging different items with their own interactions that you have a massive amount of depth and possibilities that we that even we didn't know the limits of. These interactions are crucial because they're not only what makes Halo feel like Halo, but what creates the skill gap that drives the competitive side of the game. The mastery and utilization of all those interactions in game is what will define the top teams creating advantages and outplays they'll be talked about for years to come. Um, Brian says, as long as it's the game's fault and it means I don't suck, then it's all good. I mean, you should talk to Silas about that. Because when he was playing the fucking flight, he was, he was uh, doing what's in your name, Brian, raging. And it was hilarious. Austin states, One of the hardest things in Halo is to quantify all the things that go into why a player is great, but I'm going to try my best. I think Halo Infinite is a return to form in a lot of ways with a little bit more emphasis on positioning skill, acquiring tools on the map, teamwork, and having great aim than Halo 5's heavy emphasis on movement. These will always inevitably shift, but in my opinion, the skill set currently does a great job of keeping all of them fairly balanced. Are you really good at controlling weapons? Do that. Are you a heavy movement player? Do that. Do you just not want do you just want to not miss and win every fight? Do that. Do you want to just hold spawns and make sure you're keeping great positions for your team? Do that. They're all there. And I think it's interesting to watch and play all these different styles uh return and be as close to equally as important as they can be. Greg states. When I first read this question, my mind instantly went to those old Xbox 360 gamer profile pictures from MLG that would describe specific player roles, main slayer, objective player, support player. Within our team, we each have our own niche. For example, uh, Cleet 
Assault LaRusso is known as the grenade player. He's able to use a variety of grenades in such a successful way that it stands out in our playtests. We also have Sal, who is known for his movement skills. He's able to vanish mid-combat and buy his team so much time. I'm known as a scavenger. You'll find me using anything I can get my hands on when I feel always, which I feel always keeps opponents on their toes because they don't know what to expect in the next battle. Halo Infinite offers so many new avenues for players to explore, and we already have plans to expand that space even more. More guns. More guns. More maps, more modes. Tashi states, Andrew, the team has put a lot of work into the modes as well, and I know Strongholds has had some tweaks in Halo 5. Can you talk a bit more about this area? Andrew states, Our process began by spending a lot of time playing a ton of game modes from past Halo games and discussing them together with the Competitive Insights team. We discussed pain points in past titles and did a deep dive on each mode so that both the multiplayer and Competitive Insights teams had a common knowledge a common language for us to align with the, as multiplayer created the arena modes for Halo Infinite. The multiplayer team wanted to iterate meaningfully on modes based on some of the issues we identified. See you later, Brian. Have fun bowling. An example of a mode that received these iterations was Strongholds from Halo 5. The multiplayer and uh, competitive insights teams agreed that the mode had a lot of competitive depth and offered a fun experience that leveraged Halo gameplay quite well. The two spots where we decided to iterate on the mode were on scoring visibility and the contesting rules. For scoring visibility, we really wanted to improve the signaling to players that they must own two or more zones to begin scoring. To help with this, we added scoring effects to our new area capture object, the one that your personal AI sits on and a custom mini scoreboard for the mode that shows zone ownership so that players don't need to search for pin nav markers to see who owns what stronghold. Cool. Improving scoring visibility also allowed us to focus on the contesting rule set as well. This is important. In Halo 5, a contested zone, some progress made by the enemy team on a zone owned by your team, would still be considered owned and thus would continue scoring. We felt this did not allow for comeback moments specifically toward the end of a close match. A team could be in the process of capturing a stronghold to begin scoring, but during the capture loop, the other team wins the game. We've seen it bajillion oh, yeah. times in Halo 5. Yep. Our new rule avoids this situation by stopping a team's scoring updates as soon as their stronghold majority is challenged by the other team. We feel this still stays true to the competitive integrity of the mode, and allows more opportunities for tactical decision-making to win the game. So as soon as an enemy steps in a stronghold that you, are capture, that you have captured, you stop scoring if you have two captured. You stop that. I mean, you would still get one point, right? Or no, no, no. No, you have to it, have two mind. in order to score. That's right. So you just stop what? entirely. Was there a game? This was shown in the video that they did too. Uh, yes. Was there ever a game, maybe on a maybe a different game than Halo that I'm even thinking of? But if you had, I think it's Call of Duty. I'm thinking of Call of Duty. If you had two zones, oh, control, control, or no, like, well, control just went like once you capture the points, you capture the points. I thought there was a there was something where like if like so you you each had say you had one zone each, 
you would still get one point every time it ticked. And then once you got that second one, you were doubling points. Maybe it was a past Call of Duty mode, something like that. I, have no I don't idea. remember. I have no idea. Um, Justin says, yes, but that's kind of part of that. At least that's how I feel, but I could get used to that new, to the new way. Um, and then he also says, I just definitely want more game modes added in later seasons. Can't stay stale. Absolutely. We've talked about that before. Um, some roaming King bring it back. Roaming King could be cool. Uh, extraction. No, I mean, uh, why am I already forgetting the name of it? Uh, now you have me thinking about extraction. <laughs> um, was that it? Wait, what was the fucking mode from four? Uh, um, right. Started with an R, didn't it? Ricochet. No, I'm not. I'm not thinking about ricochet. Am I thinking about extraction right now? Well, extraction is the new one from BTB, but I'm thinking of something else too. Oh, and I can't. I can't. Domination, the one you're thinking of in COD. Maybe That's probably it. What happened to bomb assault is not in competitive. At least yet. It's, I mean, we, we know the modes that are in competitive. So my kid is going crazy right now. I hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, new maps, new modes. Why am I forgetting the name of that mode? It's the one that everybody wants back and they're surprised that it's not back. Holy shit. Why was it a competitive mode? It, it used to be. Yes. It was either in reach or four chat. Do you know what, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm really stupid right now. Why am I forgetting extraction? That's what I said. Did you? I said extraction. That's it. Then it's extraction. What's the new BTB mode called then? Uh, total control, total control. Yeah. Extraction. Halo That's it. Extraction. That's what everybody wants back. Extraction. I don't even remember what it is. Was it in four? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, if you go to a site and you have to extract the... You have to extract the thing. I forgot what even what it was. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there, there's plenty of opportunity to do shit. So, but yeah. Sorry, Justin. Every comp, uh, FPS is a variant of bomb. And you know what's funny, too? We also did not see anything regarding that supposed game mode from the video we talked about a little while ago in, oh, in a previous episode. The, the round-based. The, the round-based one that was leaked or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Again, this is why we don't talk about leaks on the show because it's not confirmed. But it was it was gameplay. Mm-hmm. It was gameplay in Infinite. So it just, it you know. But yeah, nothing was talked about with that either. So. I honestly am wondering if if someone got a hold of that, you know, the custom game mode and was able to like just make it dial settings in like that sure. to make it look like that. Definitely. It absolutely could have been. Um, it's just, it was weird to me because, because of how the scoreboards were laid out. Yeah. That looked like it was made for that. It did. You're right. So that's why that's why I wanted to talk about it on the show because it was in the game. Unless it's coming in a later season. It could be. You never know. You never know. It's just it, you. We you mentioned it a long time ago. How how cool would it be if Halo or it had a round base? Or mode? it could just be a social game mode. It might not be could competitive. Be. Could be. You never know. Um, 
that says was never a huge fan of assault, but I take that over oddball any day, but I would love to see extraction make a comeback. Yeah. And then Justin says I could fuck with total control and competitive might last forever though. I have like a, like a love hate relationship with oddball. Yeah. Like it could be extremely fun and good. And like, it's back and forth, but extremely terrible at the same time. <laughs> I agree. Um, here's hoping now. Okay. I, I want to try to put everybody's minds at ease for a second. Okay. Okay. Halo five oddball was and is bad. I'm just going to throw it out there. It was really bad because it was shoehorned in. Then they took it away and then they brought it back when they said they fixed it, but it's still not great. Okay. Sure. It's not terrible, but it's not great. At least with halo infinites oddball, it was designed. Yes. At least it feels like it is. Well, yeah. We saw it in the first multiplayer trailer for the game. And you got to think, too, that it's uh, it's the way the oddball functions, the way the maps are laid out. It was, you know, oddball is going to be on the maps that it works for. So. Justin says, what about like three points? You have to control all three to score, but each team starts with one and has to capture another one before moving up. Sort of like Warzone Assault, but both ways. Probably wouldn't work, but an idea anyway. I mean, I'd be fine with... I mean... I don't know. I don't know. I'll fucking know. I have to see it in motion. I feel like there'd have to be custom maps for it. We have to wait and see. Tashi says, thank you so much for taking the time to share all this. Any closing words for the players out there? Andrew states, I'm super excited about the future of competitive Halo Infinite. I'm incredibly proud of the work that the multiplayer, sandbox, and competitive insights teams have done in the competitive settings for this game. It cannot wait to read about players' climbs through ranked, as well as all the amazing HCS moments that are to come. I also just want to say thank you to everyone out there reading this blog. We're so excited for you to play this game. We're excited too. Quinn states, Thank you for all the passion and excitement for Halo. Without you, Halo wouldn't be what it is today. The launch of Halo Infinite is only the beginning. Justin says Bizarre will suck with Oddball, calling it now. I think there's enough utility on the map to flush people out real easily. I hope so. Because if like if you try to go back to your base, like that whole back area is open. There's there's a few places to hide, but um, or if you're in one of the the side rooms, you're in a room like it's. Right, it's closed off space. Only a couple places to leave. Either that or your t- your your bottom mid trying to skirt around. That's not going to work. Skirt, skirt. Uh, there's the underneath shotgun area where the the bulldog spawns. Yep. Or if the, the bulldog spawns there. Or the other one, the, the heat, heat wave. Yeah, heat wave. Yep. Which again, but who knows what it's going to be in competitive? That's true, and because they're set, they're locked in. Which makes me believe we will get the same weapons every time. Well, we're going to get the same weapons every time yeah. based off the map and mode combination. So depending yes. upon the mode for the map, it may be different layout. But that makes me believe that what we were witnessing in the flight where things felt random, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. from a social aspect, that that's staying. That's what that makes me think. Interesting. That when you load into a social game, the base, regardless of the map and mode combination, the weapons are going to rotate every time. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. But that bulldog area too, it, a really cool play would be, I don't know, there, there's like a, a secret like vent you can go through and then drop down from above. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like behind rockets. Yeah. Behind that secret area. Tunnel. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Beth said, um, 
shitty scattershot, not heat wave. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Beth says, that's true. I've always just felt like oddball in general is just boring to watch and play. Like there are some hype moments for sure, but I feel like we're, only, we're usually only got like one to two hype oddball moments per tournament or other game types. we got a few hype moments over per series. Sorry, it's delayed. My internet is being well itself, so it's cutting in and out of my internet. It's all good. Um, Justin says, could be like that. Give people something fresh each playthrough. I hate it, but it'll be in, but I'll be in comp. Yeah, I, that's what I think it's going to be. Because they, they make an emphasis to state in, in this blog for the competitive and ranked settings that they're set. They're static, yeah. Which And the fact that they went out of their way to say that makes me believe that social's random. That's that's social though. It doesn't. No, and that's fine. That's fine. I just I was just so confused because from we played a very small slice in the flight. Yeah. Which made me think that the flight was, oh, we just want you to test as many different variations as possible so we can get all the data as possible. But when that statement came in this blog, that makes me think that this is how it's actually going to be, which is fine. I just I want that clarification, you know. So. But yeah, from a social aspect, it's like, well, you know, you just run in, you, you get what you can get. Um, Elon states, I'm already impressed and excited from what I've seen in the recent flights, and we haven't even started yet. I can't wait to get in the game day one and grind ranked with all of you. Cheer on all the teams in the HCS tournament this December, and especially watch the game evolve over time as you all master the sandbox. Stay creative, Spartans. Austin states, I think in a lot of ways, these settings are a return to Halo's form. There's a lot of new here but I think we have a really good foundation that competitive players have come to expect. I personally can't wait to watch everyone hit the ground running and see competitive Halo back in action. Greg says, this game is such a perfect blend of classic and modern Halo with new elements that just makes sense. I'm excited for the future of Halo and cannot wait to hop into matchmaking on day one and grind with everyone. And then in conclusion, Tashi says, thank you to... Thank you so much to Elon, Quinn, Andrew, Austin, and Greg for the insights today, and of course for your hard work in making Halo Infinite. As mentioned above, we released a full gameplay video with commentary where you can see exactly how all these new elements for competitive Halo play out in a real game. And as Voodoo typed in the chat, it's in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. We're so thrilled to not only have a great social experience for Halo fans, but also a ranked and competitive experience that really tests your skills, teamwork, communication, and so much more in a new yet familiar ways that remain true to Halo's identity. In just a few weeks, Eric with the gifted sub to Martin Ohms. Look at that. Voodoo Man himself with the seven gifted in total. Thank you so much. Woo! In just a few weeks, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the ranking system for Halo Infinite, so you can see exactly how you can work your way to the top and the rewards you'll get along the way. And hey, one day you'll be on top of the ranked leaderboards and maybe the next day you'll find yourself on the HCS main stage. That's the blog post. Anything you want to add before we continue? I think we talked through it while we went through it. So I think we did I think too. Good. I think we did too. It's time for some regular news. Actually, I'll just go back to the competitive news for a second because Martin says, awesome to see Brazilian League got announced, help them put it together. Fuck yeah, man. That's awesome. I saw that and I'm like, more representation in other territories is absolutely needed. 
and I hope that I hope that more official channels can put a light on them too. Um, but for regular news, there's a King Ice and Halo collaboration. If you got to get that, uh, got to get your your uh, your ice. Oh the fuck! I'm talking. What, what is that? It's jewelry. What is, what is King Ice? It's a jewelry brand, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Enough bling for the entire ring. Check out four brand new pendants featuring the iconic Halo hero and weapons directly from the team at King Ice. Will, are you going to buy that? No. All right. MCC development and flighting updates. This is by Postums. Halo 2 and Halo 3 mod tools have been released. Mod tools have been released to all players who own Halo 2 and Halo 3. However, anyone, regardless of ownership, has access to the Halo Combat Evolved mod tools. We're eager to see what wacky things players come up with now that these tools are out in the wild, and we're interested to know what you think. If you played around with these tools, please take some time to leave your feedback in our modding section over in the Steam forums. And then Season 8 Mythic. As we mentioned above, we're targeting a hotfix for players that will resolve a bug we found late in our release schedule. Players may notice that Halo 3 ODST is not playing the correct languages when not in English. We already uh, have a build and test that corrects this issue and are hoping to have this update roll out as soon as it's gone through its round of testing. So keep your eyes peeled for when this one drops next week. That's it for the regular news. Say for God to the gaze watch! I don't have anything COD related, but I mean, zombies got announced and they're doing like this weird, wacky fucking... Um, like what the, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, voodoo-ish type shit. Martin's name, notwithstanding. Um, but yeah, they have like deities and stuff like that associated with it where this, this Nazi general or whatever, like calls upon the dark arts okay. to resurrect okay. all the fallen to becoming zombies mm. and to make them his army. Interesting. Yeah. So there's okay. that. But but really what I want to talk about, G4 is to launch on Verizon Fios, Cox, Xfinity TV. Who the fuck thought that was a smart idea to name their company Cox? C-O-X. Cox. Maybe it's C-O-X. Oh, I mean, it's, but it's Cox. <laughs> Philo and Twitch on November 16th. 2021. This is by G4. I'm not going to read through the entire thing, but instead what I'm going to say is um, G4's programming slate at launch will include a wide range of content, including new editions of beloved legacy G4 shows, exclusive content, top interviews, and more, including attack of the show. Kevin Pereira returns as host and a brand new cavalcade of misfits. X play is coming back with additional hosts and Adam Sessler is making his return. Boosted is a weekly uh, esports comedy series. Ninja Warrior. Nice. Yep. Um, because that's, yeah. ESL Gaming. G4 has partnered with ESL Gaming, the world's leading esports and gaming lifestyle company, to produce and broadcast several primetime esports programs, a first for ESL Gaming in the U.S. and Canada. G4's exclusive linear broadcasting rights make it the premier destination for ESL Pro Tour events, including the IEM Katowice 2022. 
And then Dungeons and Dragons limited series. So there you go. Additional distribution and programming and content partnerships will be announced closer to the network launch. And there's a shit ton of people that are there, including golden boy, the WWE's Austin Creed or Xavier Woods, the completionist ton of people. And it's fucking rad. Um, yes, Eric Sessler will be back and I can't fucking wait. I mean, he, he already does. So like, if you go to the G4's YouTube channel or it might be called like B4 G4, um, he's been making, uh, content already. Like they've, they've been making a ton of YouTube videos and he does reviews. I guess you could say of titles. So he's done, he's done a review of back for blood, um, death loop, uh, lots more. So go, go check them out. Doesn't put scores on them yet because X play is going to be a thing. So just, just wait, they're coming. They're coming. I'm fucking stoked, man. Um, also the other thing is I didn't include it here, but the last thing I want to say about this G four programming will be produced and delivered through a first of its kind 24 seven broadcast studio. Featuring a collaborative workplace and professional esports and gaming environment. Designed by global architectural firm Populous, the studio is located in Burbank. Other notable design projects from Populous include Yankee Stadium, Red Bull Headquarters, and Esports Stadium Arlington. So there you go. And then I'm pretty sure that Adam also put out a tweet clarifying what this like 24 7 broadcasting schedule is going to be like, how you're able to watch things so on and so forth. So like, I think the, I think he talked about how Twitch is like everything at all times. And then the things that are actually shown on the, excuse me, on the broadcast networks, like a Comcast, so on and so forth. Those are like the best of the best. So like the truly trimmed down thing, the content that you're expected to see, like from a normal TV show. Yeah. Aspect. Makes sense. So yeah, just really fucking exciting. It's, it's something that, G4 was riddled with poor management and from back in the day. And it, it was, it died in just a fiery hell is what it seemed like. It, it, it turned into just Ninja warrior and cops. That's what it turned into. And it just died. And so it's just really cool to see all these old folks coming back along with a lot of fresh faces that people respect and understand and just put on something awesome. Um, G4 was owned by GQ magazine at some point. I, Oh my God. Wow. It turned into spike TV. Oh man. Remember the spike TV gaming awards. Oi, Oi indeed. <laughs> that was a uh, Jeff Keeley used to host that before he, made his own thing. Thank God he made his own thing. Um, game awards this year, by the way, December 6th, something like that. Early December game awards. Check it out. They have world premieres. Lots of them. Like it's Jeff's favorite phrase. I swear to God. That's it for kind of the game to watch. It's time for Will's Adventures with the Nailovers. 
And then HL2! Yeah. 22! Will, what did you play last week? Okay, yeah. We'll start off with the Halo. I uh, joined in the community play date on Friday. Um, I didn't do so hot, but I... I, I, I it's okay. Is it okay? We had fresh faces in there, too. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, I then went on Saturday to play H1 because there's a challenge to play seven Reach or CE games. And I'm like, I'm not touching Reach. So <laughs> You don't like Bloom? What's up, pancakes? Welcome. Also, thank you for the follow. D pancakes. You're, you apparently you are. A, 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 yeah, you you are a fresh face. <laughs> also, in terms of chat, but yeah, you are a fresh face. Welcome to the live show. We'll continue. I'm sorry. Pancakes. Yeah, he played in the community play with us. Yes. Yeah. I remember. I was just. I was like. I couldn't, I was, I was blurring the lines between community play date or the Latifi league. Cause there's a lot of new people in the Latifi league. Oh. that are still trying to learn who's who. Absolutely. But yes. Um, so yeah, played some <laughs> H one and I did surprisingly well for myself. Fuck. Yeah. I, I, I posted one of my games. I saw that in the discord and then I, pl- I had an even better stat line the next game, but I'm like, nah, I can't keep doing this. So I didn't post you it. You got to toot your horn, man. Uh, toot, so- toot. So yeah, H1, uh, besides, and that's why I went into the shot registration thing. Cause there was times where like, I feel like I just emptied my mag into someone. I'm like, they should be dead for sure. Oh, and they yeah. just weren't, but, uh, it is what it is at this point, And I don't think it's changing what it is. Uh, yes. Uh, me and my buddy, we have each other's PlayStation set as our home PlayStation. So I get all the games he gets. He gets all the digital games I get. So he bought NHL 22. I played it. Um, the normal, like if you play. So they have two two kind of separate things, right? They have their like your normal NHL, right? Like five on five teams. Okay. And they also have this thing called the World of Chell, where it's like Is it actually called that? Yeah. I always think the Chell thing is weird. It's like it's like the ch- the Chall thing for, for, for challenge. challenge. Yeah. Well, it's because it's called NHL. Yeah. But so the just people chell. combine the the end of H and the L at the end and it's Chell. Yeah. Don't know why it happened, but it did. So um it's more of like your arcade, right? You can just run around. You can hit people more. You can, and it's got like threes. It's got, uh, it's got fives. Um, it, but you, you get to create your own character and wear your own clothes and things like that. So it's, it's really cool. So I did a lot of that. Um, this cell is so fucking hard. This is, yeah, cell is a thing. Um, NHL hits 2003. Peacock game. I remember that. Oh God. I mean, NFL Blitz was the peak NFL game, too. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's uh, my buddy Joe and I are trying to get a – so, like, when you play threes, it's a tournament. Every every time you get, you have round one, round two finals. Sure. So we're trying to get to – we've been to the finals, and but we haven't won. Okay. We haven't won one yet. It is tough. Hey. It's very tough. You'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll do You'll it. You'll win a fucking eventually. chip. Um, oh, boy, F1 – uh, the Latifi League. Yeah, I didn't last long at all. Uh, I spun out in qualifying, tried to get back onto the track, but I drove too far backwards because I wanted to come on in like a safe point. Not Because I, I would have done what uh, happened to Martin in the real race and just cut across the track and probably taken someone out on a hot lap. But tried to Martin that you took out. I tried to be nice and, take, get, and uh, yeah, I got disqualified from qualifying. So I uh, started 15th. 
We go into the race. Um, everything's going fine. I think I got up to like eighth place. I was pretty excited about that. Fuck yeah. And I, I, I'm coming around a corner and there's just two cars sideways on the track. I had nowhere to go. I clipped my wing, had to pit because I had, I had absolutely no steering. That was Lion who, who hit me. Yeah. Um, I had no steering in the race. I come out of the pit a few turns later. I'm all by myself. And uh, I spun out because my tires weren't warm. And that's, that's, that was the end of it. I spun out into the wall, took out the, the front right side, and I was done. <laughs> Shit. Uh, oh, man. So, and my teammate also spun out before I spun out. So, we took 15th and 14th respectively in that. Uh, in that. And it happened to three other drivers with cold tires. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a definitely a change from, from 20, uh, what, 20? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Justin says I'd be kicked out of the league quick. Turn around and wait to take out the. Oh my God! You play like I play NASCAR. Yeah. Wait. What? What are the three? I think he typed "ass" on accident instead of "ass." Oh, ass. Oh no! I know. Yeah, I saw. I saw the replay too. Vu. Yeah, I was in your stream when you were going through the clips. Yeah, Martin, I watched the whole so, race, bro. Come on. Uh, Intel from one Aston Martin driver here. I think I'm going to go with the balanced preset, right? Stop the crazy presets and just try to finish the damn race. Because if what happens keeps happening, I'm in points every week and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You can get points. That's all that matters. Get that. Uh, yeah. You'd be uh, better than Haas. Get Portugal. Yeah, I know that's next week. Uh, I have not taken my wheel off my desk since the race. So it's still there. He's doing it. He's doing it. Yeah, Martin, the fact that you screamed before it happened because yeah, you knew it you was going to happen. Yeah, watching that clip, I'm like, oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, he doesn't see him. Like, isn't he doesn't see Martin. Oh, no. How did he, he just like dips right over? I don't get, like, what, what, what was his thought process there? Was he out of the race? <laughs> or was he just like, because that's like straight across. Oh, like, yeah. That wasn't a get back on track. Like, that could have, that should have been more angry. Yeah, he didn't ease himself back on. He, he just fucking what? went. Anyway, he push, 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 push. And then, uh, I don't like, it's not a video game, but I did have a D and D session with my group on Saturday. There are variations of it in video game form. There are. Yeah, there are. It counts. Um, in this session, in this campaign, I'm playing a bard. I, uh, one of our players were, was missing. He wasn't able to make it. So the DM created like a scenario where we all woke up randomly in the woods and we were all separated and we had to find our way back to each other. Oh, cool. Which made it easier because player one player's gone. We just, he's also missing in the woods type of thing. Okay. But, uh, the funny thing is apparently. So, so the way the DM described it was like, you're waking up and you're in that state where like you're, you're asleep, but you also like are awake, but you haven't quite opened your eyes yet, but you can feel you're awake type of thing. You're coming out of your sleep and you, you know, you, have, have you experienced that? Oh yeah. So, and he was like, you feel a, a caress on your cheek and the, the, um, uh, like a presence leaving your lips and all this. And I was like, okay. Did you get like, fucked in your sleep? And he was like, he's like, well, he's like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I open my eyes and he goes, and you see you are completely naked. I'm like, what? <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Did you get raped? Hold on. No, no, no. This was not, I don't okay. know what happened. Cause there's, there's. 
sounds rapey to me. It, it does. It does. But um, uh, yeah. So the, we end up the group finds each other. Um, so I just end up we then there's uh we found out these pixies are like playing tricks on us and stuff. Okay. So I just kept making jokes the whole time, wondering why the hell I I. I woke up naked, like asking the group, like trying to be like, hey, did you guys like wake up naked? And everyone's like, no, I'm like, oh, oh, oh never mind, <laughs> Like type of thing. Jesus Christ. So yeah, and uh, I have yet to find out what happened, but we, we left it where we all met back up, found our other player who was missing, solved the Pixies riddle and went on our way. Nice. So it was kind of cool that we were able to still have some story happen with a player missing. Hell yeah. That's cool that the DM was able to do something like that for you. And we didn't have to cancel a whole session just because one no. person couldn't make it. No. Um, Martin asks, ooh, thoughts on the D&D Live on G4? I'm for it. Uh, I still need to watch um, fucking dim, uh, Dimension. Dimension 20? Yeah, Dimension 20. I still need to watch that. Um, critical I'm, critical role is a very highly acclaimed podcast yep, as well. Still need a, I, I need, I haven't even watched, started that. I am, but kinda, I really like dimension 20 when I I'm kind of frustrated because, um, I started a D and D podcast that wasn't super popular. Sure. Um, but it was called, uh, shit. Just roll with it was the name. Mm-hmm. I, and I started listening to them season one. They finished the arc go into season two. And I'm, I'm like, there's like 40 something episodes, right? And I'm like mid to high twenties. And then all of a sudden, all of it just disappeared off of podcast services. I'm like, what the hell? I go to their Twitter. I'm finally, I finally, their, their discord disappeared. Um, I go to their Twitter and they pulled all the episodes because they're like, we don't want a product, product out there that we're never going to finish. Apparently players left the table. Things happened. Oh shit. And they were never able to finish the story arc. So they, they're like, we, we don't want to just leave it hanging and out there and never finish it. So they pulled it all. And I was like, well, I was still in the story. I would have just kept it. On they there. do have Who like cares? a private YouTube playlist of all the old episodes, which I got access to so I can go back and listen. Okay. But like, I liked having it on my phone. I don't have, I don't pay for YouTube premium. So I can't have a YouTube video playing while I'm doing other things. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. So it's kind of, it's kind of frustrating, but yeah, uh, just roll with it was really good, but I, I, I understand that they're, they're not going to be able to finish and they're, they're doing other content now. And that's what they want their primary focus to be. But that man, they, they left like two and a half years of content just off the table. Now. Right, that's why I said, just keep it on there. Yeah. Who cares? Yep. Um, Justin says dungeons and daddies, my guy, best D and D thing out there. I'm a daddy. My daughter calls me daddy. It's not meant to be weird. <laughs> she does call me daddy because I am her daddy. Eric says, nerd poker, of if anyone likes comedians playing D&D. I do like comedians. I do like listening and watching some D&D. It kind of all depends on what type of group you're looking for. Yeah. There are people who take it very seriously and like, I like, I, I think I like more of like the, the in-character role playing. Yes. That's what Just Roll With It was. Like every conversation was like in character unless they had to like ask the DM something or ask something outside of character. But like when they were moving from situation to situation, it was all in character. There was, there was no like, okay, we walk over here. It'd be like, no, my character 
like thinks this one and, and starts to go this direction, like type of thing. So I really like to mention 20 when I was watching it as well. I really got in with the, uh, the fantasy high, mm. uh, that arc that they did. Yeah. Um, and I just love how w- with the production of that show and how like in the middle, you have these giant set pieces and everything and how well, like how well articulated everything is within the scene. Yeah, I just really like that. And they, like you said, they're all in character too, for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just fucking cool. I really, I should watch Critical Role because I've heard nothing but good things about that too. So, and um, yeah, when you have set pieces like that, it is really cool. Like in oh, Dimension yeah. Twenty, um, really puts you the, into it. It does, but you have to have good, a good DM and good role playing. Like the the story has to come first. Like having those set pieces are cool, but if they're not. They're just, there, you know what I mean? Right. Like, if it's just there for aesthetics, then who gives a shit? But if right. actually like has a role in the actual campaign, then for sure. Yeah. I am curious because I noticed in the G4 lineup, it did say Dr. Lupo and he does stream D and D on his Twitch or YouTube. did stream D and D on his previous Twitch channel. I haven't seen him stream it on YouTube yet. I haven't either. I'm, I'm betting so. he will when they have a session, but sure. um, on Twitch, it was weird though, because he would be interacting with his chat while the story's going on. And then he, what he played a paladin. So he would just kind of, you know, they're the tanks, right? They have a lot of power, a lot of, a lot of health. So he would just come in, attack swing, and then like do some, some role playing, but not much. So I'm, I'm wondering how he would be in a full setting where he doesn't have to entertain like a Twitch chat or YouTube chat. Right. A fully produced show. Yeah. Um, Eric says they go very serious. Speaking of G4, Sark wrote for G4 and he DMs nerd poker's early seasons. I might need to watch slash listen to that because I love Sark a lot. And that sounds awesome. Um, Justin says, if you like comedians, please check out Dungeons and Daddies. It's legit incredible. Uh, Final episode of the first season is like next week's episode. Oh, next week's episode 69. Gotta love it. Awesome. I, I, I should check that out then. There's a lot of shit if I gotta check out. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's everything I played, did. What about you, Josh? I played two games, played some FCC for the community play date. Uh and we'll shout out everybody who joined shortly. Um and I don't think I don't think we lost a single game. I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. I said so Brooks joined us and I said, so he was talking with his buddy who is playing with him as well. Well, with us, I guess you could say first game. He drops over 30 kills. Yeah. It was like 32 or 34. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, we're not losing a game tonight. We're not losing a single game. And sure shit. I don't think we lost. Does that H1's team split count? No, it doesn't count. No, we weren't all together. Nope. And even the game that we weren't all together, but we still won. Is I think Beth lost connection. It was that assault game that we played. Yeah. We got three back-to-back-to-back caps. Right. Yep. I remember. That. <laughs> and we counted that because we won. Well, yeah. We only lost one person though. The other one was we literally got split. half the team. Yeah. So that doesn't count. So we didn't drop a single game. That's fucking awesome. It was a great. It was a great session. Great play session. Oh, but uh, the other game I played, I played some Forza Horizon Four. So I kicked Dirt Five to the curb. Um. I reinstalled Forza Horizon 4 a while ago um, because I never finished the Fortune Island expansion. So I did that. I finished the Fortune Island expansion. 
Um, now I went back to the Lego Champions expansion and doing some miscellaneous stuff there, getting some collectibles, get a couple achievements, waiting for Horizon 5 to release next month. Awesome. Yep. That is what I did. That's all I played. Time for some shout-outs. Shout-out to everyone who joined in the community play date. This includes Will. Uh, Brooks, Goalie Sniper, High Tech Redneck, Shot D Pancakes, and Greek Pizza, 88. Thank you all so much for joining. Hope you all had a great time. We did. Shout out to everyone who followed and subbed during the live show. D pancakes. Thank you so much for the follow. Uh, Eric with the gifted sub to Martin. Thank you so much. Brian with the 15 month resub frumpy with the primer. Thank you all so very much. And then after the show from last week, uh, Hooli, thank you so much for the follow as well. Sad you missed it. Shogun. Hey, every week, man, Fridays, do it up, join it up. It'll be a fun time. We're here. We're kicking. Congratulations to Richie Hines on his new position of esports competition coordinator at 343 Industries. And then Tashi states Richie will be diving, uh, Richie will be driving, getting feedback from all players and helping represent that feedback internally. Hell yeah. Congratulations to everyone involved within the Halo community for raising $23,706 for gamers outreach. This is my oath. She states, wow, what a weekend. The Halo community comes through yet again, raising an outstanding $23,706 for gamers outreach. Thanks to these amazing streamers and everyone who donated and supported the event. Claps in the chat. Claps in the chat. We played uh, Shogun. We played MCC for the play date. And we're, I, I'm sorry, Will. But it mostly is MCC. Yeah, yeah we, we're going to play MCC until Infinite releases, basically. So. Yes. <laughs> Um, congratulations to team respawn on reaching over 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. Congratulations to Reddit halo on reaching over 800,000 subscribers. Congratulations to Unishek on his six year, three, four, three industries anniversary. And then happy belated birthday to frosty, Frank O'Connor, Aaron Greenberg, and Unishek. Thank you. Will. Yeah. thank you for having it ready to go. Ready to go that time. That's perfect. Community creations, we have Halo Memes Every Day, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo Memes. Clips of the week number 127 by High Tech Redneck. The State and Future of Halo Wars. It's a podcast with Team Respawn. This is by Metaplays RTS. Go watch that video. The Eli X Halo 3 PT, PT, PC Montage, edited by Double A. Watch that. That released recently. The Halo Survival, Episode 5, Halo Audio Drama, Halo Infinite Fan Made by Podcast of All, featuring your boy, Will A.K.A. by Mr. Man. I am Mr. Well, Man. Well, maybe featuring me. I just say it's featuring you because you were a part of this series. Yeah. <laughs> Will, don't be spoiling shit. All right? Go check it out. Go check it out. And then finally, the Zeta Halo Experience. It's a fan-made environment by Infinite Forges. It's a level... That was built in Unreal Engine 4, and it features what their interpretation of Zeta Halo would be like. Go watch the video. Go download it if you want to, and go try it out. Some good shit. That's it for the community creations. Will, that's it for the episode. So without further ado, would you mind plugging the show? Find us on your favorite podcast services, including Josh's favorite podcast. Pocket. Pocket.
There's also iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, join our Discord. Join the community discussion. I think I have a, a topic that I want to introduce for next week if you don't have one, Josh. I never have one. What's uh, our topic for next well, week? Wait, I'll ask you at the end of the episode. Okay. okay. Plug the rest I'll, of the shit. I'll hold it till then. Yeah. Join the Discord. That's where we'll post that question and have answers, responses, and we might choose uh, your response to be on the show if we like. Um, if we like you. Maybe. <laughs> Find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Find us on YouTube where VODs will be posted. Um, we're live on Twitch if you didn't know. you know, the, we're, uh, If you're listening to the podcast and you hear us talking to these people, we're live on Twitch. We're talking to a live chat. People chiming in on what we're doing, what we're saying. Come check us out. Live every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Schedule uh, permanently. Yeah. Yes. Um, we have our website, htsprotalk.com. We can also find links to all the stuff we've pretty much done ever on there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in some HTS Pro Talk shirts, we have a link to our merch in the top right corner of the page. And don't forget about Podcast Evolve Crew. Man, oh. what an amazing group of they, people. They really are an amazing group of people. Man. Will, I think they cover like everything... Besides competitive Halo, because that's us. Hey. But I think they cover like everything else that has to do with Halo. Will, what do they cover? <laughs> if you want lore, missions, books, blocks, or even just news stories, go check out their shows titled Podcast Evolved Mission Debrief Book Club Builds with Blocks and Halo Headlines. Oh my God. All over at halopodcast.com. Your home for Halo. Your home for Halo? Go check it out. Holy shit. Will, what's coming up on next week's episode of the show? It was mentioned in the article that future competitive game types might be coming. Yes. What would you like to see, and what would you not like to see, introduced into Halo Infinite? Oh. Let us know. Do you want Roaming King back? Do you want an extraction? One flag? Who knows? Bring back Husky Raid. Yeah. I'm kidding. Competitive. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that mode. Uh. Oh, my God. Justin says, I'm excited about their book club on the new book coming out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I have to buy that book. I got to buy the book. Buy the book. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. We'll post it in the Discord. Let your replies be known. and We'll talk about it next week. Hey, Will, guess what? What's that? Well... That's going to do it for episode 205 of HCS Pro Talk. I want to thank you very much for watching. If you're tuning in live, thank you so much for being here. Justin, go fuck yourself with that competitive sword shit. And uh, if you're listening to the audio version of the show, or you're just checking out the VOD on YouTube, Twitch, wherever you happen to listen or watch your podcast, Pocket Cast, uh, thank you very much as well for taking the time out of your day, week, month, evening, whatever you're doing. Masturbation session, I don't judge. It's whatever. It's whatever you want. Whatever you're feeling, we need that competitive Halo stuff. You know, you get it right here. HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo eSports podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about some stuff, including stuff. what game modes you'd like to see, either brand new or returning for Halo Infinite. Guys, we'll be back next week. You all have a great night. We'll see you then. But until then, you know, what do we always say? Bye-bye!